Three shots, four part, I just do two. One pup, pop four, birdie, woohoo. New driver, info, replace, M2, pop five, fairway, what you finna do? Think I'll try to get on into. Stop right, good line, good view, it drew. Shoot him, McGavin, two thumbs that's up high and two fingers pointed. The green jacket is going north of the border. Mike Weir has won the Masters. Sometimes these part three look like an island. I punch and keep it on dry land. At least I'm a try man. I up with the five and might use the trap man. I got a check man. I think a ball speed rate of that bass man. And where that ball land. Welcome to On the Screws podcast. We're about 45 minutes into this chat now, Ryan. How, how are you doing? <laughs> Figured we'd uh, turn on the uh, turn on the mic and record something for everybody here. So, uh, Ryan Gregnell, um, we're going to talk a lot about uh, long drive. So this is the 2020 Canadian Long Drive Champion. So Ryan, thanks for coming on. I know you got like a powerlifting background, which is something I've kind of been into as well. So really, really looking forward to this chat. And uh, thanks for taking the time. And finally, we get the mic on. So. Tell us about yourself, man. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So um, let's hop. Let's hop right into it because uh, this is a golf podcast. So part of that is long drive, and we've had a couple people on who have uh, chatted about long drive and whatnot in the in the past. So maybe you can just tell me kind of about you growing up when you kind of fell in love with the game. Was it just golf before? Or did you kind of get right into long drive? Uh, so I'm 38. So let's knock back a few years. And I mean, 97 was Tiger's big coming out party. Yeah, that was that was kind of my the first event I taped on VHS, which some of the listeners won't even know what that is. Absolutely Uh not. (laughs) (laughs) My cousin's listening to this right now. And he's thinking like, what is VHS? VHS? Yeah, I taped the whole 97 Masters podcast on VHS and literally watched it religiously that whole, until the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup in Valderrama was the next thing that I taped. Yeah. Um, obviously, an awesome Ryder Cup to take. So that was kind of my my year that I started. I, I got a set of clubs maybe a year or two before that. Didn't really care. Didn't take it too seriously. Then I got a set of blades for Christmas that year. Somehow my dad thought I should just jump right into those. And uh, I would start taking swings outside, kind of chipping ice off of the, the snow that was shoveled back home in Nipigon. And then... Yeah, somehow, some way, the distance showed up through just swinging and watching, and like I, I became a little like obsessed kid. Like we got the Golf Channel that year in my hometown, and it was uh, it was kind of a nonstop thing. There was me and a bunch of guys, and we'd play games around the putting green, and we'd have long drive competitions just for fun. We'd hawk balls all day. Basically, our parents would drop us off at eight, nine o'clock, and pick us up. Our dads would get off work from the mill at five, five thirty. They'd play nine and then we'd hop in the car at eight or nine o'clock. Cause I mean, up in Nipigon Thunder Bay area, we get daylight until almost 11. So nice. you, could literally, you could literally play midsummer until 10, 10 30. Twilight nine is a, is a real yeah. thing up there. Emer- emergency nine on top of the twilight nine too. Yeah, right? like yeah. You literally peg it up at quarter to eight and have a cart and you're still whipping out nine. No problem. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so, so yeah, that was, that was really the start it was 97 and that was just golf. But that was that was kind of how it all kicked off. Right so. on, right into the blades too. No game improvement irons. No, <laughs> no. And okay. Was old tailor made, um, the original tailor made like true preferred cushion. They've got like, like that old orange on them and like the yeah, bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it wasn't but, like I like stepped in slowly. It was like okay, figure it out. My hands yeah. got sore, and that was pretty normal for a while. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> And then you start finding the middle of the club face, right? So, so I, I was kind of checking out your bio and stuff uh, a little bit, and 
So you started when you were about 14, and by 16, you were already hitting the ball over 300 yards. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Man, it, that's... That, it was that, like I said, it was just that Tiger time, right? Yeah, like, for sure. We The small course I was at, so I mean, a junior membership was 100 bucks. There's no tee times. Play as many times as you want in a day. We had seniors Tuesday mornings, men's Wednesday nights, but by 16, I could play in the men's. I wasn't that good. I probably eight, nine handicap by then. Yeah. Um, but nothing wrong with that. Yeah. They, no, they didn't care because I could hit it. So yeah. I wasn't slowing the group down or anything. Right. 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 Um, but yeah, we got a driving range and I think I broke two or three drivers at the hosel my first year when I first started actually trying to hit the ball. Cause yeah. Yeah, like it was the tiger thing. <laughs> All right, so let's let's pause the golf because we're gonna get obviously right. Like we're gonna get into that. So let's talk about some of your weightlifting background. Like I said, it was a passion of mine growing up. Our uh, our guy uh, Chris Bailey that was on last week. He's a musician. He's had a bit of a like a competitive CrossFit and bodybuilding um, you know background. So we were chatting about that. So everybody would be on here kind of is aware of uh you know fitness in the game is kind of right. so important right now right so let's uh let's talk about that a little bit so you've you've been into competitive powerlifting yep yeah i did that for about two years okay um 17 2017 and 18 uh i always i always worked out like i was right. one of those you know had the flex magazines had the bodybuilding whatever the muscular developments and I remember I moved out, an apart- out of an apartment when I was like 25 and I had to go to the dump just to get rid of all these magazines that I had stacked up because I couldn't bring them with me anymore because there's so many of them. Yeah, fun fact about me is I was a forum administrator for some time on muscular development, man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very familiar with those sites. Love bodybuilding. Had a little no. supplement company with my brother when I was younger. My training partner um, didn't get his pro card, but he finished second in the CBBF Nationals, like I was mentioning to you earlier. So yeah, yeah. Um, loved it. Had a ex- huge home gym. So that's cool. So tell, tell me a little bit more. So what, uh, like you were saying, you're um, like a big deadlifter. So, and- yeah. So it was kind of like whenever I was training, I wasn't golfing. Right. And then whenever I got away from training, I was then golfing again. So I never really utilized the training into the golfing, but I, at that point, I didn't feel like I needed to, like okay. I was, you know, I always hit it far enough. It wasn't a case of hitting it further. It was playing better because I wasn't really into long drive yet. Um, then that's where, yeah, I mean, I started long drive in 2008, um, and then got on and off of it from, I mean, logistics standpoint was really the biggest reason. Okay. And yeah. then, fell into powerlifting because I'm a competitive person and I needed something to do. Yeah. We all kind of need that something to do, right? That's why in the off season started up the podcast. And right yeah. now, um, like whereabouts are you living right now, right? Uh, kitchen. Okay. So no golf for you either right now. So no, no, no I got just, one round in. I got one round in. I got a few, I got one full 18 and then uh, a few nines. So it'd be nice to kind of get back out on the course. Cause I'm playing some new irons and stuff this year. So Nice. I definitely want to uh, get back out on the course as much as I can. So did you find, like you had mentioned that you would go from powerlifting and, you know, working out to those types of extremes to then trying to swing a golf club. So you kind of felt like locked up. So you didn't really find a benefit in either one or, or did you find as you loosen up, you like the mass that you carry, does those kind of fast twitch fibers and stuff, do they help with your golf swing? Like I know I've had an athletic therapist on here before. Um, I'm taking a course of his right now, uh, focusing solely on the golf swing or, well, you know, kind of working on a lot of core muscles to help the golf swing. And, uh, 
like a power lifter would be like his nightmare when it comes to like, you know, a golf swing. So how did the two work together? Was there any harmony or was it just like opposites? There at the time there wasn't, um, I mean, I was strictly doing like the three lifts, right? Like I do a couple accessory movements here and there, but even the accessory movements, there wasn't any rotation involved in any of those. Right. But as you know, from like a squat bench and deadlift standpoint, you kind of want to be like this as much as possible. You don't want any shifting of anything. Yeah. Um, so the nice part was I had a strong core, (laughs) like that wasn't, that wasn't an issue. It just didn't like to move. Right. Um, so I mean, it helped but it didn't, but then it did. Yeah. So once you get strong to a point, it, it kind of stays with certain things stay with you. Yeah. Like that's, you know, like I can walk away from powerlifting and then you give me three or four weeks and I'll go and deadlift 500 pounds. No problem. Like even to this day, that's not going to be something difficult for me. Um, certain lifts are a little more like bench press. Like we talked about, like a yeah. little more difficult for me to jump back into like that. Um, but a deadlift, I mean, those are tons of golf's muscles, right? Posterior chain, like crazy. Yep. So that's kind of like having that will always be good. And that's never, and I'm sure with age, it'll kind of dissipate as I get older. But right now at 38, it's kind of, it's always there. I mean, I have a gym in my basement that we put in because of COVID and we had nothing else to do. So we spent a couple thousand dollars putting in a rack, buying a power bar, 800, 900 pounds in plate, something like that. But it's the the mobility is gonna be for me and as i got better in long drive that's what i focused on it was yeah. the like, strength and the power were kind of always there for me it was the length of my swing the, the amount of it could produce as soon as i figured that out everything started to come together yeah like for me same type of thing like i used to have a home gym i had a couple thousand pounds of plates a squat rack leg press, uh, dumbbells up to like 125. Like I still carry a lot of size. Like I'm not that tall. I'm like 5'10", like I was saying, 5'9", 5'10". Um, like I'm a big guy. Like you can tell I've been into weightlifting in the past. I carry like a lot of triple bogeys in my belly now though. So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like I found that it's, I, I could not do the two well together at all. Like I stopped playing golf while I got into bodybuilding and, and yep. powerlifting and stuff in the past and, and, uh, had some injuries, unfortunately on my back, which is why I'm kind of doing some of these courses now to try and improve, uh, pretty much just flexibility and mobility with the, with the strength. Right. So, um, you mentioned that, uh, once you kind of figured it out, so you get back into long drive. Now, what would, what's it like for anybody listening? I'm sure there's not many pro go- or pro long drivers uh, listening to this one right now, but a lot of people that are golfing because we're all fascinated, right? Like we're all fascinated with club head speed and we're fascinated with hitting the ball longer. So we might never get to one of these events um, as a competitor. So maybe you can share what it would be like when, you know, Ryan gets up, go in the morning, he's headed to one of the events and then what, what's it like? Okay. Well, this is where I get lucky. So a lot of the events in Canada are literally an hour, 10 minute drive from my house. Perfect. So when, when we go down to Starks in Port Rowan, where the Canadian national has been held for, I don't know how many years in a row now, probably going on a dozen. Um, I can sleep in my own bed. So literally no issue pack everything the night before, you know, it's, it's, it's a seamless day. There's not a lot of hiccups. There's not a lot of, you know, the preparation, the mental side, the eating, yeah, that's all pre-planned, pre-set up. So that's fantastic. Okay. Um, so that part of it's easy. If we want to talk about 
on the road, uh, golf channel, world championships, totally different animal. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's hear it. I, I, I want to hear that. Definitely. So, so that's where it gets a little, uh, okay. I mean, you're hitting five rounds against the best players in the world just to get to the next day. Uh, you have to score to be in the top half of that every time. So, I mean, you're on the road, you're in middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, where there's a huge casino. This was past tense. This won't happen anymore. They move venues. Everything's changed, but we'll just talk about it as if it was still the last event that I did. Sure. Um, you know, you're, you're hitting all day. It's a hundred degrees out. You're trying to stay hydrated, but then you're trying to keep your electrolytes up. Like you're trying not to over drink water because you're going to flush yourself too much. Like there's a million things going on. And then you have three minutes to hit at the time, eight balls. Now we're back to six balls, thankfully. Um, and then it's, yeah, like what goes through your head, it has to go blank. Thankfully, yeah. everything's white noise at that point. When you get up on the tee box, uh, we can talk about what happened when I got on TV, which wasn't white noise anymore. Uh, <laughs> so when you're up there, you guys don't hear it because you guys don't see the qualifying rounds. But it's family, friends and fans are essentially who's there. And it's people cheering you on, essentially, of course. and music and music blaring. Yeah. So that's that's the white noise, right? It's not it's not a first tee shot where everyone's quiet and there's you know officials holding shh, quiet signs. It's people making as much noise as they can. Grid's clear, play away, and you let her buck and hope for the best. Essentially, is what happens. You try not to look up too many times and see what everyone else is doing, but if you hit a good one. You look up, you sure hope it's past the other guy's numbers. And, you know, it's, it's an adrenaline rush. Like it's, it's nothing like I've been in a lot of situations growing up playing hockey, you know, last guy on the ice needed to score a goal, blah, 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 penalty shots. It's that nothing's close. Right. Nothing I've ever compared in my life has even been remotely close to the adrenaline we get up on that tee box. Yeah. There are a few things more terrifying than the, the first tee. So I can't imagine that being like. <laughs> like amplified or magnified and you're standing in front of like a bunch of fans. And like, I've seen, obviously like I was a big fan of long drive, like Jason Zubak back in the day, like everybody loved watching those events. Right. And he's like pumping up the crowd, but it probably took him a while to get to that point. Like I'm, I'm thinking about this one time right now, I was playing in high school and I had like a really good first round. It was a two day event, the Ontario championship, something like that. And I shot like a low round, like a 70, four or something the first day and it was uh so i was in the second to last group lots of people had already finished for the day and like i just like absolutely duck hooked my first drive and like um i on the first round i had actually made an eagle on this hole and i made a nine on the second day as par five so it was uh yeah i can't imagine what that would be like to like that was just with a lot of people in high school watching golf i can't imagine what it'd be like cameras lights and everything uh well and that's it's so i mean this is where it gets a little so if you get six nuggets, right? Yeah. At the time, it was eight for that year for whatever reason. And so I go into the first set, and I have no expectations. This is my first year and a half back. You know, I only qualified two months ago. I put some work into it, but I hadn't gone crazy. And so I'm just like, you know what? Whatever happens, happens. I'm hitting it really good. Whatever. First eight balls, OB, zero points. I'm sitting there like, okay, well, now I got to dig myself out of this goddamn hole. So then I get up there and I just, I, I don't know what happened. Something clicked, but the next set I hit, I think four out of my eight balls over 390 and I only needed 386 to win. 
So I just kind of was like, and the guys I was against were, I remember Josh Koch, Wes Patterson, and the champion guy, Tomoshiro Nikigara from Japan. So like two out of those, well, three out of the four of us ended up in the final 16. So I kind of was like, okay, well, if I beat Josh and I beat Wes that round, I could hold my own because Wes has been to the finals. Josh made TV round, like, you know, I'm there. So the confidence just kind of, it blew up after that round. I don't know how or why, nothing. My swing didn't change, but I started finding the center of the face a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's uh, like at the, so at the start of this podcast, um, like months, uh, about a month back or, or so, I had a golf rapper on. His name's Rory Blackleroy. Um, such a good name. So one of his songs and what we used as the intro here is called that's golf, bro. So like that's golf, man. Cause like, yeah. you don't, you don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but uh, yeah, that's just how golf works. Right. Just, so yeah, like I, it was, and it carried, like it carried all week until, until that lovely final round of 16 on TV where I just shit the bed. <laughs> yeah. So, so that round is it, you get eight, you get eight nuggets for that round as well. Yeah. Okay. That's where everything changed. So like, this is the hard part to describe to people, right? Like now you're getting called up during commercial break. There's no more live music because they need to be quiet for television. Right. Uh, It's basically now, now it's that first tee shot. Yeah. Now it's like that pin drop and no one's saying anything. And you're trying to like stay out of your own head because you've been watching everybody else. And I was the last group to go. Like me and Tim were the last ones to go out of everybody. And so now I'm sitting there like, okay, like two time world champion, ranked number two in the world, at least put a ball on him. Yeah. <laughs> and no, we didn't. <laughs> no, it didn't. Uh, well, that's all right. That's all right. So that was 2019, you said? Yeah, that was 2019. Okay. That so was, that was my like, okay, we're back. We're here. We're better than we've ever been. Awesome. Let's see where, let's see where we can take it. So that's a top 16, though. That's top yeah. 16 in the world, man. So that's pretty impressive. The following year, you come out and you win the 2020 Canadian Long Drive Championships, which is uh, yep. which is pretty amazing. So I uh, I was looking up a couple things. So you've got in contest for this drive is 416. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Yep. So um, do you hit many over 400? Like I know you said you had touched three, like 390 a few times, or is that one just like you just caught it? Like this podcast called on the screws. Did you just catch it on the screws? You know what I mean? <laughs> like. One- that one I did catch. That was back in, oh, geez. This is how finkle this sport is. That was back in 2011 in Illinois. Okay. And it was last ball to win an event and to beat a world champion, well, now world champion. Um, but, yeah, like, I, that ball was perfect. I wasn't, and this is where, again, we'll get into it, but I wasn't the fastest guy, like, back yeah. then. Like, I had a golf swing. You know, I played decent golf for a long time, like not good, but like I, I kicked it around, you know, one to two handicap for a while. Um, and so I had a good golf swing as far as that level goes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, like I just, I would hit it. I would flush it. Like I, I never hit it over maybe 205 miles an hour would be like fast for me then, but the spin and launch and everything would just be like perfect. And I, if I hit it properly, I'd get more roll than almost anybody. Okay. But that's, that was, you know, now it's a little different. Uh, I haven't been in a, in an event where there's been conditions that have been overly conducive to hitting it over 400 yards. Um, even when we were at worlds that day, I think there was maybe a four like Berkshire Berkshire went three eighty in the morning. 
So okay. I hit the next day in the afternoon and we were into the threes. Um, I think a couple guys might've touched four. Okay. Right on. That day. So that's the thing with long drive. And that's, that's kind of where I kind of have a little bit of beef with the indoor stuff because indoor and outdoor are night and day different competitions. Right. Like you, you won't see professional indoor competitions. Just there's too many things that can happen outside. Yeah. That's just, you know, the ground, the bounce, like we can take 15 balls, drop them beside each other right now. And not one of them, well, maybe one of them will be within six inches of the other. Yeah. It's, and that's just it makes me think, is. right? Like I watched this, uh, this video before the WGC match play. And so they had all, I think there were 64 competitors. So they have them all in like a bucket or something. And a, they drive by on a drone. They drop them all in the green, all from the same bucket. One ball goes in. It's Abraham answer. And so like right. they did it as like a to show like you know maybe he'll win the bracket it was like a bracket challenge right but right, 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 same right, right. type of thing like those balls are all dropped from the same area there's some in the bunker there's some that roll over in the water like it's i get it so it's it's well and we all see it in a regular golf game too like you might yeah. you might feel like you really catch one and then you walk up and you're like i don't know it's like only like two <laughs> 265 or something but it's like it's in the middle of fairway i don't know what happened but whatever i'll take it right well, so, whatever yeah yeah so let's um i want to talk about like what the Actually, before we go on, let's. What would be your furthest non-competition drive? So I'm gonna guess that's probably in a simulator, and that was one of the questions we got. Was and I asked you this when I first met you, which is why I reposted this today. But somebody <laughs> says it today, can this guy even go to a simulator? So, um, what would be the longest drive that you know on that you have on record? Uh, on a GC quad on video because apparently nothing in the world doesn't count anymore unless it's on video of course um, <laughs> so the longest i have recorded on video was on a gc quad it was a 430 carry with a 450 total wow but that that's yeah you, you i don't want to say you cheat the game right but it's it's kind of like tiger woods you cheat the game yeah. like you you know when i'm when i'm on a gc quad i know what the quad wants to see I've hit on it so many times. Right. So if I can launch it at 15 and a half, spin it at 16 to 1750, ball speed at 218, like I know what's going to happen. It's going to go 430 to 440 in the air. Like that's, yeah. But is that real life? Probably not. <laughs> uh, yeah. They can't account for any wind or anything like that. And yeah. Air density, moisture, like all the crazy things that Bryson talks about that are, People are like, what's he even talking about? I'm like, no, those that's real. Like that matters. Yeah. Hey, in that sport it's real, right? And yeah. and that's why, you know, there's a few guys which we can talk about. I got a couple, uh, I grabbed a couple of your stats and compared it to a couple guys on tour, which is, uh, really actually really cool. So, um, but let's, let's talk about what's in the bag. So what's in the bag comes up all the time, comes up yeah. every, every week. I'm talking to a golfer. We talk about what's in the bag. So, um, you've probably got multiple bags, I'm sure one yeah. full of drivers and then one full of uh, irons and whatnot. So yeah. let's, uh, let's round off the, you know, the long drive stuff. What would your bag look like? Okay. Long drive. I carry anywhere between a two and a half to three and a half degree driver, um, leaning. And this is all weather dependent. So, I mean, weather depends if it's in our face, downwind, again, all the moisture conditions, all that stuff right. down to what type of ball we're using. Um, because that does play a huge difference for us too. Um, so a softer ball, I would probably try to use a little bit of a softer driver. 
um, just for the reaction off the face. Anyway, without getting too Bryson on everyone. Yeah. Um, so that's that's essentially all I carry. Like when I'm long drive, that's it, right? It's my long drive sticks. Right. They're 48 inches long. I mean, I got them. They're all 48, yeah. So like, just to give an easy example, that's a 48. I'll definitely, that's, for anybody, what, uh, yeah, anybody. That's what I, that's what I play with. Okay. Anybody listening, go over to YouTube. I'll, I'll make sure I post a clip or up on Instagram so people can see the difference because, so it's, you know, I play yeah. golf with around a 43 and a quarter, 43 and three quarters roughly. Yeah. That's actually what I, what I use right now too. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Like my long drive bag, the shafts all vary. Um, I, it really, we measure them in cycles per minute. So CPM instead of like stiff, X stiff, whatever. Right. We measure them by number. So Berkshire, for example, everybody will, most people will know who he is. He plays a really whippy shaft. Okay. Uh, probably around 240 CPM. My transition from the top isn't as fluid, I'll say. Okay. <laughs> so, so I play stiffer. I'm loaded 280, 285 CPM. Um, and that's just two different swing styles. Yeah. Really. Like I find myself, I can generate the speed through a little bit more strength likely. Um, to be, you know, he's probably still got me by two or three miles an hour. Yeah. But again, if I went to a 230 or 240 CPM, I might pick up that two or three miles an hour, but I just don't feel like I'll be as accurate. Right. Okay. Yeah. He, he can be yeah. because of his talent level. Well, I'm okay admitting that. That's cool with me. Yeah. Uh, um, well, that's, are... that's the world long drive champion right now. Right. So yeah. that's, you know, um, and like we were saying earlier, like he he's um like well you can tell he he looks like kind of a little ball of muscle like he's a he's a pretty muscular guy but like he's not he's not as big as a lot of the other guys that you see right but like his ability to I don't know just generate that type of torque like coming through the slot or I guess a lot of it's in the trans transition at the top which I wouldn't necessarily know as much about but that is yeah it's it's crazy to kind of watch that right so yeah, yeah. his sling the word being thrown around a lot now is sling system. Okay. His sling system is very, very accurate. <laughs> yeah, like so. I, I, and he's got like this like long hair too that goes all the way down yeah. his back. That's all his, yeah. So he's got pretty good game too, right? So he's, I know he's yeah, kind of. He, I mean, he played D1 golf. He's kind of yep. chasing it back down right now because the long drive world is kind of on a, not, well, it's pretty much hiatus. It's not any big major events. Right. Um, but I mean, the kid made money, and now he's gonna chase down what he originally wanted to do. So yeah, and he he looks like he's like from what I follow on uh, social media and whatnot. He's putting in a lot of work, which um, like uh, we had Fareen Samji, who's uh, like a female long drive. She's part of the yeah. amateur long drive. So you would you would uh, I'm sure you'd know Fareen. So she was saying how there's always like a stereotype, right? That like you're a long drive hitter, but you can't play golf. And then there's guys yeah. like James Sadlewski and like there's players like playing on the corn Ferry tour and stuff. And then you see guys like Bryson and Cameron champ. And like, these guys could go and probably change a couple things and come and oh, compete yeah. with you. Right. So oh, yeah. they're, they're able to, well, and especially last year, Bryson was the first ever golfer to be strokes uh, plus stro most strokes gained off the tee as well as on the green. Right. So that's yeah. never happened in the history, even with tiger, um, you know, John Daly, John Daly wasn't uh, the greatest putter, but like that's yeah. never happened with any of those like really long players. So it's kind of nice to see somebody put those two together. Everybody's got an opinion of Bryson. I like yeah. him. I think, I think he's great for the game. It's a different Avenue and every single podcast, we end up talking about Bryson at some point. So obviously well, he's doing something, you know, right? Like so. it's, it's a topic, right? Like yeah. if we were doing this podcast in 97, 
would we talk about anything but Tiger Woods? Exactly. You yeah, know, or right? 2000, you know, it'd be yeah. nothing but Tiger. And, you know, Bryson's moving that needle. He's, yeah. you know, he's taking it and he's, he's saying some things and, but that's just who he is, right? Yeah. He's, he's very outgoing with what he says. And, you know, I think the master's par 67 is probably going to haunt him for a long time. <laughs> but he, he, Yeah. Like he's, he's still pretty young too. Right. So like yeah. those things. And like, when you're feeling confident, he's just come off a, you know, us open championship, like where he kind of blew everybody away on the, on that, oh, yeah. on, on Sunday. Right. So like, I get it. We all say things that might not be the best things to say. And, and saying that Augusta plays like a 67 is definitely not the right thing to say, but, <laughs> but you know, he he's, it's humbled him, right? Like he's paid the yeah. price for making those comments. And, and I think like in three to four years of Bryson playing a course like Augusta national, which takes guys years to play. Cause you got to remember, you only get a couple shots. Like when you're an amateur, you don't get a lot of opportunities to play it. Right. So yeah. there's, no more tournament that is like more destructive for golfers on the greens and stuff. So it takes time to learn those kind of courses. And I think he'll get there. Like, look at Phil, look at Phil, right? Like, you know, and now he's got a few green jackets and, and, you know, one of the best players at Augusta of all time. So, um, let's talk a little bit about your golf game though. Like, so, you know, transition from long drive back into your golf game. What would your bag look like right now? Like, are you playing, you said you got one round in this year so far? Yeah. So, I mean, I play, I just got a new play driver that I got to put a shaft into. Um, but I like to play really low spin driver stuff just because I swing quite hard. So, right. um, I, whatever, I got a Mizuno ST 200 G that I can kick down to seven degrees, throw a shaft nice. in that I like, and hopefully the wide open face of it sits well. I played, I'll put it, I played a tailor-made slider eight degree up until it broke like over the winter. Okay. So, I mean, the, the lowest spinning head they've ever made at an eight degree, which nobody could use because it was just so low spin was what I really, they think the sweet spot was that big, but yeah. So from there, I mean, I got a, I actually still have an SLDR three wood that has a crack in it. So I have another Mizuno three wood coming just because apparently the same reason. Yeah, I've uh, I've really looked at the Mizuno's uh, this year, like uh, the STX and the STZ. Like I've been yeah. looking at those. Um, like I'm still playing the M6 TaylorMade M6. Not still, it's only a couple years old, but right, uh, right. but I'm I'm definitely looking to uh, to. I don't know. I'm kind of I'm not like a brand. Uh, like I'm not specific to any brand. So like I don't mind going to get a fit and like I'll yeah. take whatever whatever works best for me. So um, like I know I've I've hit the Mizuno's and I'm I'm looking forward to kind of getting things open, trying to clean up the bag a little bit, but, yeah. uh, so let's, are you, are you playing a, I, like, I'm going to take a guess. So before you get to it, I'm going to take a guess that you don't even play a five wood or a hybrid. No. No. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I just, <laughs> I just kind of guess that like, you're probably hitting like a UDI or something or a utility iron or even a three iron. You're probably, you yeah. know, so. I got a, an old, what is it? Uh, Shrixon 585. Yeah. Um, I've got, them right up here one of the heads right up here behind me so yeah, was, yeah. So, i mean that's that's my my quote-unquote driving iron i gotta cut down to about a four iron um lengthwise but that's my you know i, I don't play a long course like i play at golf country club which is only about 64 6500 yards right um so i don't i mean i hit a couple drivers around but a lot of it's placement shots on an old um stanley thompson design course that's just trees on each side if you're gonna miss it miss it huge so you can be in another fairway and come back over or 
you know, don't miss. <laughs> I've heard, like I play, um, a couple of weeks ago, I had, uh, a friend of mine, um, chef Mike, but, uh, he's at court and I've heard, uh, like they're both highly ranked courses in Canada. And uh, I've heard that they play pretty similar. Like they're both Stanley Thompson designs, thin yep. fairways, kind of like, you know, like a short Parkland style course. So that's yeah. kind of like <laughs> being a member there. I'm uh, like, I wonder as you being like a long drive champion, like <laughs> that would be such a bizarre thing for you at times, I'm sure. But but well, uh, it's, it's great. Like I, the membership there is great. The people are great. The biggest reason I joined was access to the quad. That was, that was, and they don't have a range, but they have a net. Right. And, and I can basically hit balls into the net as long as I don't hit them through it all the time. <laughs> um, which we just joke about now. They're totally cool with it, but because there's nowhere else I can really go in Kitchener to practice. Yeah. Like besides, besides the indoors and you know, at points, I work in real estate and my brokerage that I used to work at was literally five minutes from golf country club. So I could swing out after lunch, hit some balls, you know, maybe sneak in a nine if I got nothing to do. And then before I come home. Um, but now, you know, with the way it all sets up, I can basically grab a quad. They let you rent it for 10 bucks or 50, whatever it is. I don't even pay attention. Um, you know, I can take it for the hour. I can hit drives, get my numbers. And I've used it enough now where, I don't fully need to see the ball in the air to know what's happening. You know, I've hit 10,000 plus drives in my life. So I don't need to see every ball go through the air. I can tell what happens when it comes off the face. Um, So that's, yeah, that was a big kicker of why I went there because that net, you know, it was either that or drive to Burlington to T zone an hour each way whenever I wanted to practice, which they're great. They, they don't care if we bomb balls over the range, but yeah, you know, it's just that drive down the 401 at the wrong time of the day. Isn't always an hour. Punishing so. man. So <laughs> like, I know when you and I, uh, I mentioned this earlier. So when you and I got connected, I, I said to you, like, do like you, what's it like when you call up a simulator and I'm, and you're like, Hey, like I want to rent a space, but like, look, man, I just want to give you a heads up. Like <laughs> this is my type of like golf swing. Right. So, and I'm, I'm sure like you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking this guy's probably like a joke or what kind of like, what kind of meathead is telling me this. And then you show up and you're and like, <laughs> so like the question I got today on Instagram was, can he even hit at simulator? So like, tell me about it. There's gotta be a couple experiences. Tell me about one. Like, you know what? Honestly, it's happened outdoor yeah. more than indoor. Okay, in, okay, yeah. In, indoor, it draws a little bit of a crowd here and there. Yeah. Um, depending on the simulator, right? Because they all read different. They all sound, depending on how the screen is set up. I haven't broken one, so that's good. Good. I've never put a ball through one, so the quality of them is getting a lot better. Um, but yeah, most indoor places have been great. Like, I, I have literally zero complaints. Uh, the country club asked me to kind of rotate from one side to another every of time course. I go, just so I don't bang yeah, the screen yeah. out too badly, uh, which is understandable. I got no problem doing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, outdoor, that exact thing, right? It's, you know, you ask, okay, hey, well, how long, you know, how long is the range corner to corner? Just because that's, that's me. So that's where I'm going to ask to go. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, I ah, don't worry about it. Like, it's fine. Yeah. So I walk. Like, don't worry about it, buddy. It's 350. You're going to be fine or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I walk over, I laser it to the tree. I'm like, okay, it's about 360 to the top of that tree. Okay, well, I asked. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I did my due diligence. I was polite about it. I don't walk in and, you know, I'm this person. This is what I do. I just, yeah. the less attention I draw, the better. Because as soon as I start getting balls, it's usually the attention comes then anyways. Um, no, man, I can tell that even just from like a half an hour chat here, like you're a pretty <laughs> humble guy, man. And I, 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 like I, it would, golf's kind of, 
I don't know. There's so much about like the long game and whatnot, right? So it's it's refreshing to see. And there's only so much you can do, right? If you're if you're gonna go out and you're gonna hit the ball 380 or whatever, it's you did well, your due diligence, like you said, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like indoor, they've been awesome. Like any place I've been around my area, shout out to all of them. They've all been great. All right. Uh, far the way where far goes, um, faraway greens in Burlington, they've always been awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just people once once the people realize you're not going to break their stuff they're actually cool with it because you know you bring in your buddies we sit down pictures of triple bogey let's have a good time rent it for a couple hours you know have some nachos we spend a lot of money and the owners love it like, yeah they, of course you know what's, what's the big deal well and, um, and i'm like like anything too there's a draw like when we're seeing bryson at like the api like the arnold palmer like crushing balls over the lake and stuff like oh, that yeah. like it's exciting man like golf has kind of like gotten stuffy and boring and like it's starting to become like cool again i feel like i say that every podcast <laughs> but it is like finally becoming cool again and part of that is like bryson in the long drive like yeah. people might not think he is cool, but what he is doing is cool. And like, I don't know. I love it, man. So I'm going to, I'm just going to give anybody listening kind of a little idea. So I did a couple of comparisons here and you've got a club head speed of a little bit over 150, like you were mentioning, right? Typically like when you're at your peak and whatnot. So to give you a comparison, the fastest one recorded last year on tour was Bryson at 137. So you're about 15, you know, miles per hour faster than that. Cameron Champ, one of my favorite golfers, probably the most efficient golf swing of all time. Like, it's just so clean. Like, I love it. Is uh, He had the fastest average at 132. So, you know, you're talking 20 miles per hour faster with your swing to the average tour, um, the the fastest PGA Tour average, right? So getting into... What's that? That swing he's got so good, though. Oh, man. Like, Cameron Champ's swing is... There are like it, it kind of like looks like almost a, I think I've compared it to like a Rory McIlroy and a Tiger Woods. Like it's so clean and smooth. He gets his hands so high. Like I I love it. I could watch I could watch him swing a club all day. So getting into the ball speed, you're right around like 225 or, you know, give or take a couple miles per hour yeah. somewhere in there. So, again, Bryson had the fastest recorded speed last year of just under 200, 199 and a couple points there. And. Bryson had the fastest uh, ball speed average at just under 192. So that's where like the difference is, is that ball speed, like the way it comes off for you, I guess you would, uh, you know, that would be a lot of equipment and stuff. And also the way that you, you know, how your swing works and whatnot, that makes that big difference. Cause that was obviously the club head speeds a lot, but it seems like the, you know, that doesn't always translate to like what happens with the ball and your ball is coming off the club a lot hotter. Right. So, yeah. Which well, is, that's basically the, the easiest way to get faster ball speed is drop loft. Okay. So if you drop your loft, Bryson, uh, which everyone's seeing now, he's playing a very low lofted compared to everybody else driver that they're talking about banning anything under eight degrees because it's working. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the simplest way. Cause I can, I can swing my 44 inch, 44 and three quarter inch driver around 145, 146 on a track, man. I've kicked it to like 147, 148, but the ball speed between that, you know, eight degree, nine degree. And my three degree is literally between a 10 and 15 mile an hour difference. Right. You so know, what would, what Ryan, what would that equate to in distance like in an average if you're so that 15 yards there what would you say in, in an average distance if you could tell you know an average golfer like myself so on course 
hitting it while playing it's probably about a 40 yard difference wow man um, yeah because like i'll play my my play driver and i'll hit a good one probably about 350 360 um without going crazy at it and then if i do the same thing with like my long driver which is a different swing it's not the same right swing um but if i was just to come out and try and do the same thing and i put the same swing on it hit it flush and all conditions being equal it'd probably probably be 40 yards for me okay Okay. depending on how it runs out and everything like that because you know i have to on a three degree i've got to hit up on it a bit more i gotta the spin will come down so i gotta float it more blah 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 so there's there's just different impact dynamics that need to happen to swing the two um, even if they were the exact same length, I would still have to change the impact a lot. Right. Um, from, you know, like my play driver, I hit maybe one to two, three degrees on the up, where my long drive driver, I'm eight to nine on the up to get the same launch conditions. Yeah. Because I mean, if you have an eight degree, you put two up, you're at 10, but it's going to spin more. So you got to equate for that. Whereas a three is going to spin less. So you got to launch it. There's, this is where the Bryson comes in. Yeah, see, I was just about ball. to say, see, for any listeners, Bryson is not that crazy. Like this stuff <laughs> actually does work to hit the ball further, right? So yes. um, so you've done like some personal training. Like I, I want to have a little transition because uh, a friend of the podcast, Chris Bailey, was on last week. Awesome musician. So anybody listening, go check out his music um, if you like country music. And uh, so he asked um, about swing speed. So he's a pretty big guy, like pretty big, strong uh, guy. So I feel like this would be something that you could definitely lend a lot of our uh, a lot of our listeners using your personal training background. What would be your favorite exercise that you do for adding club head speed? Ah, oh, geez, this is it depends, and this is where I have to get Bryson technical again, okay. just because it's very person dependent right. on how that person is built and structured. Um, so if he's, if he's, you know, a taller guy, bigger guy, yeah, ear, yeah. limbs, stuff like that, I would just get him swinging faster. That, it, it sounds silly, but there really wouldn't be a gym routine that would make him faster because he's already really athletic and really fit. Yeah. It would be teaching him how to use the ground through pressure in his feet in order to produce the swing speed that he needs. But that's essentially taking it through this, like if you've heard the super swing or the speed sticks. Yep. Um, it'd be taking him through certain drills on which ones would benefit him the best with those. Because um, that's uh, when people ask, how do you hit it further? Well, you got to swing faster. There's really no other way around it. But yeah, of You got to center punch it and hit on the screws. Literally, you got to swing faster. That's There's no other crazy dynamic. Like you can get into your launch conditions, your spin rates and all that. But if you max those out, well, then there's only one thing left and that's just pure speed. And there's only one way to train for speed and it's with speed. So, you know, a guy like that, I could, you know, just give him a club and be like, Hey, your intent, here's a little monitor, those little swing speed radars, the blue and red ones that they sell. Now make that number go up every time. Yeah. You know, and that's, it's, that's one thing I really, for me, and this would apply to almost anybody trying to pick up and gain distance is the intent behind the training. So it's just like when we're trying to hit a putt, you know, one ball or one quarter cup just to the right. Well, we're going to sit there and do it. We're going to try and figure that putt out, right? And we're on the practice screen. Well, when you're swinging for speed and trying to get faster, 
you literally have to look at that number and try and make it grow all the time. Like, yeah, do different things. Yeah. You got to do different things with your body and whatnot. And like, you know, for, for him in, in general, like for him specifically, he's been a competitive CrossFitter for like 10 years or something. So yeah. we all have something where if we're listening to this podcast, we're, we're golfers, all of us. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we have some physical ability that would, we would be able to understand our bodies and try to figure out how to make things go faster. Right. So yeah. I th- and that's, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm kind of understanding like what you're saying. There's no, you can't just tell me like, there's no magic pill I can take to make me swing like you. I'm, I'm five ten. you're six, three, you know, like we were comparing before, just joking around. I got these T-Rex arms and you got, right. you know, I got, you know, you got these massive arms. Yeah. So like we're, like we were saying, like when, uh, you know, when, when I'm kind of, you know, doing some bodybuilding and whatnot, I might be able to, you're, you're probably 50 pounds heavier than me, but I might be able to bench press the same as you, but my range of motion is much different. Right. So right. there's always going to be a different, uh, different swing type for everybody. Kind of like we said with Cameron champ, right. Gets so high in the, with this, like his hands get so high and that's how he generates all that club head speed. So. Absolutely. And that's, yeah. you know, someone like Chris, it would just be, okay, this is how it's produced. Now this is how you need to feel in order to produce it. Yeah. And that's, that's a big, big click for, right? Like people get so, cause I get questions about speed all the time. Right. Yeah. And I, I've, I've tried to simplify it as much as I could for myself because I get off on these all over the place. You got to put the lab. Yeah. You got to put the lab coat on and you, yeah. 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 And so I'll go through trial and error phases to see what happens and see what works. I've overtrained. I've undertrained. I've, you know, pushed myself too hard because that's, a huge part of this is neuromuscular connection training, which I know that sounds like a little bit, but it's letting your brain know you can do it. Right. So, you know, it took me a year and a half to almost two years. Once I started getting back into long drive to get to that 220 mile per hour ball speed mark. But now that I know I did it, it's so much easier if I take time off to get back there, like the road to get back is so much shorter only because I know I can do it. Yeah. It's kind of like that first time, you know, you broke par or, you know, you broke 80. It's, you might not do it every time, Yeah, but the more you do it, the more comfortable you're going to get doing it. And that's, you know, eventually how we get faster and how we get better at playing the game. Look, Ryan, like I, I got a hole in one with my mom with the course Marshall watching when I was like 13. <laughs> so, okay. you early. so I don't, I like, I don't know if your theory, because <laughs> like, I have not been able to get back to that point. I've gotten pretty close a couple of times. I hit the pin actually last year on a par three, but uh, I have not been able to get back to that point. So okay, well, there's loopholes around every rule. <laughs> there's yeah, there's exceptions to every yeah, rule. That exactly. being one of them. Um, that's why like you know guys like Tiger Woods have twenty of them because he can he can uh, make that happen, right? So, but well, um, percentages, right? Tiger Woods has hit two million more golf balls than you have yeah yeah that's true (laughs) and that's only that's only in tournament too so he's he's probably got even more on there so oh i can imagine but uh speaking we you mentioned uh fareen so i'm playing in a tournament uh with her in july so my buddy curtis uh i don't know he might listen to this podcast he's an elevator mechanic he drives into work he's gonna play in the tournament with me but 
I think uh, like I was gonna see if you're available for a script because you would be like you would be the perfect scramble partner, man. So like I'm a great wedge player. I'm like I'm a well above average putter. I'm I'm like not a good long iron player at all. Like that's my that's my like stone cold weakness. Not even that bad off the tee, but uh, yeah, we could put a pretty good team together here. I think. Man, so. <laughs> Set it up. But let, uh, me know, let me know the dates. <laughs> so sorry, Curtis, uh, you're out. Um, Kirk, Kirk, and Kirk and Chef are still in for now, but uh, Curtis is out. Sorry, man. I'll send you the uh, I'll send you the EMT back shortly. But uh, so you're a realtor. You're a busy guy. Like I, I know you get a pretty flexible schedule, which is great. You get out to golf and whatnot. But uh, anybody who's looking to connect with you, like it was really easy for you and I to chat. Um, Anybody who might have some questions, where can they reach you? What's uh, what's the easiest way? Yeah, I mean, golf-related fitness stuff, Instagram. I mean, my handle's been Ryan Grignall Fitness forever. Um, anybody I watching on YouTube, it's... Changing it a bunch of times, but... <laughs> yeah, anybody watching on YouTube, it's kind of right below them here, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably the easiest way. Okay. I mean, you know, hit me up on there, and then we can connect further if, if you'd like. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty chill about stuff, but I'm going to pretty much tell you like it is too. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's that's good, man. Like we we all need to hear that, right? So it's it's uh it's just kind of part of the game, right? And and Yeah. So, um I'm not a golf coach. I'm not going to ever say I'm a golf coach. No, I can't give you golf lessons. There. I said it. <laughs> no, that's that's fair. That's fair. So what's uh That's it. What's the year looking like for you? Um before I let you go, what uh what do you got? Well, we're in lockdown right now. We're shut down yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Uh, don't like to get any, into any of that political stuff, but it, you know, say we get back to normal after this, hopefully yeah. everything works out. What's, uh, what's going on with you for the, uh, the rest of the season? Uh, well, there's a couple events later on in the year that hopefully we can still make happen. Um, there's, there'll be the Canadian championships as Labor Day weekend, regardless every year. Right. Um, and then there's potentially a world, we'll call it world championship for now. Uh, third week of September in Nevada, back in Mesquite, where we used to do it. Okay. So hopefully if things open up and then there's another independent event back in Oklahoma that I got an invite to. Uh, so if everything pans out, I'd love to do more. Like the guys in the States are literally doing something every month. Yeah. Like they're competing every month. So it's really hard for me just to sit at home and watch the live stream and like not be there. And especially like with the training I put in and kind of like I've peaked and now I'm kind of on a deload. I mean, I treat it the exact same as lifting. You peak and you deload. That's pretty right. much the way it works. Yep. Um, so yeah, like we have an event planned for, I think it was July 10th, if that's a Saturday of that weekend. Okay. Somewhere, somewhere around that time. Um, but that's all going to be dependent, I think, on the borders. Yeah. Um, because it was going to be a big... Uh, PLDA, which is the new association that took over from Golf Channel, and now that Golf Channel's out, um, they were going to come up and kind of host an international event with the guys that host Canadian Nationals every year, Rick and Bill. So, I mean, I'm hoping I can still get three or four in. Um, besides that, I mean, playing some golf tournaments, probably trying to play in the club seas again this year. I don't know. Right on, right on. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really all I got. We're, we're working with what we got. We're going to train as if, you know, we got events still once we're allowed again. Um, these shutdowns have actually been like really good for my long drive because I get to the point where I'm like beat up and broken. You got to take the break. We, yeah. Then we get a shutdown and I'm like, Oh, this sucks. But at the same time, my body is like, I love you. Yeah. Can you do this to me more often? <laughs> I'm not going to my physio every week. And then my, my massage every other week because I don't have to right now, but 
that's a whole nother part. No, that's, that's great, man. And obviously the housing market is booming right now. So I'm sure you're, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're busy with it's that. So. <laughs> it's not great for everybody, but it's, yeah, it, it's, let's just say there's a lot of disappointing nights and there's a lot of happy nights. So. Of course, of course. Right. And like anything it's, you know, there's going to be plenty of families that find that dream home that are going to be happy and plenty that don't. So I've, uh, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> my wife and I, we've sold and bought and, and it's, uh, you know, it's an experience. That's for sure. It definitely yeah, is. So that's, it's, especially in these times, it's, it's something yeah. that's, without getting too crazy about it. It's something. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking some time to your busy schedule, kind of sharing, you know, the world of professional long drive, because it is, uh, something that is so foreign to me, but it is, fascinating and i think a lot of us golfers right now are uh fascinated by the long game so thank you so much ryan i really appreciate it thanks and uh yeah so again it's ryan gregnell fitness at uh instagram um so anybody looking to kind of check out some of you like you've got some simulator drives there and stuff like it's it's pretty cool so go check it out and uh of course on the screws podcast on the screws golf podcast on youtube anywhere you listen to podcasts i'll have this up on uh friday so Really appreciate it. Do you have any predictions? Can I get you any predictions for this weekend before you go? I just picked. It's uh, like a the Surrey Classic. It's a two man event. So, yeah. I I like. I'm gonna say you're probably gonna pick Finau and Champ. Like they're a team. Okay, yeah. So like, I they were they're my guys. Like they're two of my favorite, absolute favorite golfers. Like I said earlier, but uh, I'm going with Xander and Sh- and uh, Cantley this weekend. So okay. they're yeah, kind of. I gotta go with Tony and Cameron. I yeah. Yeah. They literally like pointed at each other and they're like, we're the send it crew. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like it's, yeah. I, got him. I like him. I like them both already. Um, and Tony has a cousin that actually competed in long drive for many years. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of another neat thing that we knew about Tony before Tony actually came about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I got to go with them. Absolutely. It would be hard to respect you as a long driver to have those, <laughs> those two like premium ball strikers and, and you, yeah, and you pick somebody else. So yeah, exactly. that's, uh, that's really cool. So I'm looking forward to that event this weekend. And, uh, again, thank you so much, Ryan. Let's, yeah, uh, no let's problem. do it again sometime. This was awesome. Absolutely. He's out in my ball and of course I tee up. I lose the ball and I re up. I miss the fairway, I probably end up in the ocean or maybe the beach. And I'm on a par five and I'm finna go reach it. Second was blind, I see it. Feel like it might be an hour.